Hello everyone and welcome back to another episode of the Sim Racing in Focus podcast where we talk about sim racing as the name suggests. It's episode number five for the podcast. I'm your host Dean Reddit. I am the owner of the small startup website known as simracinginfocus.blog where we produce some blog style articles but also now this podcast. Coming up on tonight's show, well, we're just going to cut straight to the chase tonight and get into our interview that we weren't able to get to last week. It's been a rough week for me. <laughs> the old daycare germs have caught up with me and uh, unfortunately I haven't been able to keep on top of all the results yet this week and to be able to do the first segment of the show, uh, we might hold that over and try and do a catch up episode on that, on those results. Um, luckily for me though, I was able to get a conversation in with earlier in the week with uh, Ross Thalon from RSW Graphics as promised uh, where Ross jumped on board to have a chat about all the good work that he's been doing with his livery design and clothing businesses within the sim racing industry in Australia. I think one thing that comes up just about every interview that I've done is is it's very hard to fit in uh, just what some of these people have managed to accomplish within 50 minutes and, and Ross is certainly no different to that. So, you know, uh, hopefully down the track, again, we'll get to flesh out his story a bit more, but hopefully for now, you'll get a bit of a taste of what it's like to be a graphic designer in the sim racing industry. Enjoy. Okay, everyone, on tonight's episode of the Sim Racing in Focus podcast, we're going to be speaking with Ross Thallon from RSW Graphics and Turning Race Apparel. Ross, thanks for tuning in and giving up your time, mate. How are you doing? Yeah, pretty good. Thanks, Dean. Thanks for having me. That's not a problem at all. Mate, um, you're, you've come up on our show a few times already, working with a few of the guys that we've got a chance to speak to, so... Um, early doors we probably knew that you were going to be someone that we wanted to have a chance to come and talk to about some of the interesting things that you're up to in regards to iRacing and sim racing and and um mate you've you've had a good I don't know what would have been now maybe three or four years since you started RSW graphics yeah uh it was just before COVID really and then um it was just doing my own stuff at first and then kind of COVID hit and every person jumped on sim racing and wanted their real car, their real car looking like their, or their real car emulated in the simulator when I racing. So, um, I got a lot of work through there and it kind of just blew up from there. Okay. So were you, when you first come into it, uh, had you been on iRacing for a little while and, or had you, or did you have ties to, to racing out like real world racing? Um, and, and yeah, just talk to us a little bit about how you first come into sim racing and then what sort of made you, or when the penny dropped, I suppose, as, as far as you being, you know, the a good livery creator, I suppose. Uh, well, obviously I've been um, into motorsport my whole life. My old man was always into watching F1 and touring cars back in the day. 
Um, so I've always been interested in motorsport. And then once I kind of finished school and got into other things, like I've always been into action sports as well. So I was, I rode BMX as a kid. So I, I probably in my early twenties, I started racing mountain bikes and then, um, racing downhill mountain bikes and then kind of stopped that. It started getting a bit wild. So I, um, started looking into sim racing and, uh, I looked at, I had project cars too on PlayStation at the time and, uh, I found a league called race on Oz, which everyone obviously knows the I racing team. Yeah. Race on Oz also has uh, multiple leagues. So back when I was doing it, they had project cars Two league. They had a uh, Gran Turismo league or the Gran Turismo sport and a set of course on PC. And then they, the kind of the I racing team was kind of separate. So I did probably three or four seasons on project cars too. Okay. Um, and then after, yeah, after a few seasons on that, um, I moved over to iRacing. I got a PC and moved over to iRacing. All right. So what, what year do you reckon this would have been, if you can remember? I think it was like 2018, 2019 when I moved to iRacing. Okay. So you've, you've had five or six years then. That's probably pretty similar yeah. to myself as to when I joined. Yeah. Like a lot of the people you talk to, like they've been racing Gran Turismo for since number one or number two. But um, I was never really into that, into Gran Turismo. It's just, yeah, just, nine, I've, I, like, oh, I've always wanted to do motorsport, but I've never been able to afford it. So I thought sim racing was the next best thing. Yeah. Yeah. That's a, I, mean, I think plenty of people could relate to that. Yeah. Uh, okay. So you, you first come across in and into iRacing as, a, as just a sim racer yourself. You weren't doing any livery creation at the time? No. Um, the person that ran i'm not sure if he runs it anymore i haven't seen him around much these days but the person that ran race on oz steve Lattimore, he used to do a lot of liveries he used to have a company called grip graphics okay and um he kind of gave me the kind of gave me the idea and i kind of researched it myself as well and i just wanted to make because at the time i had a detailing business as well a car detailing business um, and I also used to do a little bit of photo editing, so I already had Photoshop and Lightroom. So I just thought oh, I'll chuck, I made my own little livery. I just used a standard iRacing template, paint template, and just chuck some of my logos and just change some colors around just started playing with it. Yeah. Yeah. Cause it's, so you had a good, a little bit of a base understanding of Photoshop and, and, um, those editing tools, which is quite, quite intensive isn't it it's in its own right to learn yeah lightroom i did but photoshop i had no clue i hadn't even touched it <laughs> i just kind of figured it out on the fly which is what i've done pretty much with photoshop and illustrator over the years is just looked at tutorials and figured out how to do stuff so it's just yeah. come to me slowly through there yeah i think most most people but getting to sim racing and then discover photoshop they're just reliant on the on the youtube tutorials that are out there yeah. and you usually can find them plugged into a forum somewhere on iRacing as to where to go to source them out but yeah that's that's interesting so you 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 yeah you are you're coming into it with just a little bit of uh photo editing skill but other than that it's it's a fresh style or a fresh idea about yeah and in the beginning like i suppose most people that are now 
creating liveries on iRacing. That it's just a it starts as really a hobby and something you're doing for yourself. Would that be pretty much at, yeah at the time? Yeah. Yep. So okay, and then um, so I what? How long do you reckon you were playing around with it before you actually started? Um, I guess doing liveries for other people. Uh, probably six to nine months, I think. It's, I can't, it's hard to remember, but yeah, I think I'd say it was about six to nine months. And was that something that you went, you say created your page or created RSW graphics or were you just sort of doing it as like a word of mouth thing at the time? And you, and it, it's interesting just to try and quick pinpoint when, like I know, I know a lot of people that have picked up the, like starting creating liveries for themselves and they, they often think, do I, do I go external? Do I put myself out there for, to, to do and do some commission work or whatever? But, um, yeah, I'm just trying to pinpoint what maybe your mindset was when you then actually did take it from just being a bit of a hobby and it actually now went and, and chased commission work from it. Um, yeah, it's, I can't really remember to be honest. Um, it all just kind of fell into place, but I, RSW graphics was originally, um, I think it was, uh, I had, a, it was called RDT media. Okay. And then I used to do a little bit of video editing and I did some highlight videos for when the AMF league used to run the GT3. Yep. Um, I used to, I did some highlight clips for their series and stuff like that and, um, I think I was doing both. So, so the video editing and a bit of livery creation and stuff like that. And I think the livery creation obviously took off a little bit more. So I ended up just going down that path. Okay. Obviously video editing. I mean, you only get so far in video editing within iRacing. Not, not many people want it done and obviously not going to pay for it. Yeah. It's kind of a niche, it's kind of a niche thing. And it would be. But, quite a lot of time as well to yeah it's a relatively short video yeah it's very time consuming so yeah that's when i ended up going down the um the livery creation path yeah and had you had much interest in your in your stuff at that time like were we you were you fielding say maybe five ten something like that requests from people and, and then that's what gave you the confidence to sort of say okay maybe now i can actually put myself out there or would you, would you say that you were just confident in your own ability and you, you were ready to do that yourself? Uh, I was a little bit confident. We um, had like a shoot off team from Race on Oz and I used to do liveries for that team. Yep. Um, and then from when it's, I think the point that I can remember starting is when COVID hit, um, Michael Clementi and Jonathan Beekoff. So Jonathan Beekoff, he raced the Super 3 in the the um, Touring Car Series. He's got like an old oh. AU, AU Supercar. Okay. And Michael, Michael Clementi was racing TCR at the time and he had a Worth uh, Honda Civic TCR. So Jonathan Beekoff contacted me and asked me to create the, the liveries on, their liveries on iRacing. Okay. So then once I created uh, theirs and they obviously... Um, put my details onto other guys racing excels and stuff like that. That's that's really where I can I feel I feel like it took off. Okay, so you actually got you actually got out through real world contacts to start 
that really kick-started because this would I assume would have been COVID when they were all coming into sim racing as a means to uh, yeah. keep themselves going. And yep. that's okay. So you, yeah, you've got your your sort of start through um, some real world contacts. Yeah, I, I don't even. Uh, obviously, I had some stuff out before that. Yeah. Because uh, uh, that's how they contacted me, but I don't think it was much before that. Yeah. Okay. All right. Well, we, I think, well, you now talk about, we'll skip forward a little bit now to sort of the present day. Mm -hmm. You'll, just to give some people some context, you, you now have RSW graphics and also turn in race apparel and is it, am I right in saying that now that is your sole profession? Like were you at, at this time before you mentioned before you had, a, you had a detailing business, so you're working nine to five or whatever it may be. And then you're coming in doing this as the extras on the side. Have, but we're now, is that right? We're now in a situation where you're doing this as, as your, as your job essentially. Yeah. So my detailing business was never a full-time job either. I, um, I worked for Coles for 12 and a half years at their distribution center. Okay. In uh, Perth Airport. Yeah. Um, for 12 and a half years. Uh, so, but I was only working three days a week. So it gave me a lot of time to, um, do other stuff. Yep. Um, and then after I left, uh, how long ago was it? Just over two years ago, I left Coles. I got an opportunity to work for a place called, which some people might know, called V Race, which is a simulator yeah. center in Perth. So they run five, uh, six modem simulators. So it's basically just people come in, book a session. It's all yep. run under um, Automobilista 2. Okay. So I helped run that place for a year and a half. And then after that, I went, um, full time with RSW graphics and turn in. All right. So what, what, what year do you reckon this will be just piecing your story together on the fly? Uh, so yeah, so I left Coles in, when was it? 2022. Okay. November 2022, yeah. And then I started RSW full-time uh, in May last year. May last year. Okay, so you're coming up on 12 months as a, a full-time? Okay. Yeah. Interesting. And... Uh, I mean, I'm not I'm not going to sugarcoat it. I mean, I this, it would not be feasible to be like a sole, um, sole income. Yeah, I'm like I'm lucky enough that my wife works on the mines, as most people know, as a FIFO. Yeah. So um, I'm I would really say that I'm a full time dad and part time RSW. Yeah. Because I imagine the the workflow would be it'd be peaks and troughs, wouldn't it? Like it, it it's a yeah. I can imagine whenever there's, whenever the Gen 3 supercar drops, you'll be an incredibly busy person. <laughs> but because we've been now a couple of years since the current models dropped, you've, you know, like that's just with yourself. Like I obviously, you're coming out through social media, obviously you, you're quite, I would say, um, synonymous with the supercar and, and you've done a lot of designs for a lot of Australian teams and, 
Yeah, so I imagine like when those cars come out, that would have just been like hell for leather when in demand and then there might be a little bit of a drop off. But if we ever get those Gen 3s come at the end of this year or something like that, I think your, your workload might go through the roof. Yeah, I've already got a waiting list. Oh, really? So people are actually yeah. contacting you now, even though we don't know a date or... Well, I think it's fair to say we know that there's at least been some sort of scan done on them. I think it's... I don't know if I actually can... But I can't validate that. I just see things. But I, th I think we have... There's some sort of initial start. So I think I think it's safe to say they will be coming at some point. But yeah, it's people are already contacting you. Yeah, I, I got a rumor that was mid last year, but... Yeah, I haven't really heard anything. I think it's, it, there was people saying that it was going to come out, yeah, around mid last year, but it's kind of died the conversation about it, like mm. from what I've seen. I've got a, um, I've got a, a half of like a suspicion, I guess, is, is just the way that I think the Gen 3 launched and, you know, all the issues that they might have had with it. Maybe Ira, maybe, um, Supercars is actually might be holding it up until they get it right. I don't point. Yeah, but um, it's all yeah. the same when a new car gets released on night racing, especially GT threes and stuff like that. So I get a bit of work yeah. through that. You get a bit of you get a big peak whenever that happens. I know. Yep. Um, I've in my time I, I've looked after my own team and, and certainly speaking to other people who look after their own team. It's a it is a bit of a Russian roulette thing with iRacing racing where um. Uh, we we were getting our liveries done uh, by eye liveries, which is yep. Um, you know, you, one day's uh, I believe he's a, he's a, a graphic designer by trade, and he's incredibly you know, he's very good with what he does. But you pay for it, and yeah. you generally got to wait for it, and <laughs> and it can be months and months and months, and. Um, I we went through the scenario where we we got a couple of GT three cars done and and yeah we had uh, it was the Mercedes for a month before the new car come out <laughs> and then we had to wait another four months for the new I think it was longer it was six months for the to then get the new car so you get yeah you you can pay for and we paid for both because the PSD was obviously the PSD file was obviously very different so we had to recreate the whole thing again and so ah uh, yeah yep um. That can be, yeah. When you get an updated model or something like that as a team owner, and as someone, you got to you got to double down on the bill. Like it's a, <laughs> but it doesn't happen that often. So no, that's it. And the templates are quite different as well. Even the the new Camry and um, Mustang NASCARs, mm. the the main body isn't any different, but the yeah. front and the rear is. They've even placed the front and the rear slightly offset to where the original front and rear was on the template. Yeah. So the, the PSD files or um, Photoshop, I can't remember the last word of the acronym, but the, these are the files that allow you to create layers, isn't it? So it's not, you're not looking at it like a flat image, you're looking at it like a layered as paints are. You, you have base paint and then you have decal layers and whatever else and it allows you to be build in that sort of three-dimensional form, doesn't it? Before you then yeah. compress it at the end. So they're quite elaborate things to learn how to manipulate and change. So um, how long do you reckon it took you to learn that? Like, it, 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 we're not really talking about a couple of days on 
on uh, on YouTube, it's probably a long longer to to actually really get in and understand how to manipulate a PSD file. Uh, yeah, it probably took me a, a few months to yep. learn the basics, and then it's just kind of learning different tips and tricks to make it faster over the years. Yes, that like is a good point because it's it's not well obviously no two liveries are the same, but the 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 there is rep uh, repetible steps in there that, that can help you. Yeah, it's understanding how to, that PSD file and what you need to change and what you can sort of carry over into the next livery that helps you with the process. Because it's, I know I've spent myself time trying to teach myself how to do it. And I, I can just get lost at, you know, when I click on a on a layer, why it's not doing what I'm asking it to do. <laughs> adding yeah, like it, it just gets it's it's so hard to explain in words, but how complex it actually can be. And I, I, I know I've. I go when I've done my typically done my paints in the past with with uh, I, I've always basically gone to someone like yourself, and I've always tried to get the PSD file back mainly in the part because I want to see what they've done to it so I can actually try to teach myself oh, okay. the yeah. complex nature of it all because it just doesn't resonate with me very well. But um, yeah, uh, yeah, they're just a very difficult thing sometimes, and they and the, obviously the more detail you put into them, the bigger they get. Fun. Yeah, that's it. Yeah, sometimes you can get like hundreds of layers on one yeah. delivery. And then you've also got you've also got the aspect of um uh the metallic layer and the matte layer now as well. Yep, that's it. And the yeah. and the gloss layer. Yep, and the gloss layer. So <laughs> that yeah. You know, I'm sure if I did invested the time that I'm sure you did at the beginning, to I could get there. But it just, yeah, it's a confusing thing for me. It is. So when I when I first opened a, like a sprint car template, yeah, I went, "What the hell is this?" Mm. And I couldn't work out what was what. But slowly, I just kind of worked at it and played around and figured out what part was uh, what part of the template was what part of the car. Yeah. Especially like GT3s. GT3s have tiny little sections and of the car spread all over the place. And you've kind of just got to play around, like colour in a bit, save it, have a look at the, the model on iRacing and just keep playing around and figure out what bits what. Sometimes it is a bit, especially when a new GT3 car comes out, you got to just kind of play around and figure out yeah. what part's what. Because they got they got so many winglets and air intakes and... The two, you, know, you could have a, well, they're coupes, but like you can have, um, say a, a, a side door and a rear fender not line up because of the, just how flared they all are. And yep, you, you can't get, if you, if you're running, say a logo down the side, you can't get it to line up across two panels. Yeah. I've done a lot of that lining, putting a half a logo on one panel and half another logo on another panel. Yeah. Trying to get it to line up. Uh, so what what do you when you get a when you get someone that sort of reaches out and you want to well you you know not everyone who reaches out gets their paint started the next day but whenever you do get around to starting it most paints on average are they taking you days week like how long would it dissolve from if you if I come to you and said um, here's three colors that I want my car painted in. Um, go for it 
<laughs> and when, when you start that project, like, can it take, how long does it take roughly for you now as someone that's been doing it now for a few years and, and maybe what that was like at the start, whether you were just as efficient at the start or whether you, it took you longer. Oh, it took me a lot longer at the start. Um, at the moment it would probably take me if I don't get a block and keep changing it about three or four times. Uh, it takes me about three to four hours. Okay. So that's to come up with a design as well, or, or would you, would you have a design in mind? Um, uh, sometimes I have a design in mind. Sometimes I have to come up with, with one. Uh, a lot of the times I'll just do some research on what liveries that car has and get some ideas. Yeah. Uh, some look for inspiration. Yeah. Look for inspiration. Yep. And then go from there really. Yeah. Okay. So that's, I'm not, yeah, so I'm you are one, I'm not one to copy, I, I, I don't like copying people. A lot of people send me an image of a livery they like, and I go, I want this with my logos on it, but I, I don't like doing that. I don't like copying other people's work. Yeah. And I imagine when you, you get to, I can understand a lot of people, um, want a very specific thing. But I tend to look at it like if I'm coming to a designer or paying a designer, part of that fee is to get a, a, a unique design. <laughs> like, yeah, that's, yeah. yeah that's, that's, um, that's how, how I feel about it. But yeah, there's a lot of people out there that, that really want something specific. So, uh, but imagine you yourself want to probably have the trust from your client or whatever your customer client to go and create something out of your own, your own drawer of creativity, I suppose. Yeah. Um, yes. Yeah, I remember Sean McNamara saying on the, on the first podcast that he doesn't give me much creativity to do stuff because yeah. he usually sends me a livery of another car and says, I want this. <laughs> <laughs> and you have to talk him around. Yeah, pretty much. <laughs> Yeah, it, 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 it can take a long time to actually appreciate it as well. Like, so, it, you know, um, for example, um, even when I went to I liveries, uh, I'd seen some of his work and, and you look at the cars and you think that, you know, amazing. Obviously you do your research before you, you then go and sign up to pay somebody to do something and you get the initial livery back and you think, mm, maybe not what I was expecting, but then when you actually look at it and you, you actually take time to appreciate the detail that's in it, especially like the way I, the mistake I made is he sent me the initial image on, on a phone and I looked at it on my phone and I'm, I think I lost maybe 60% of the detail when I first looked at it. So I had that sort of feeling of like, I guess a little bit of underwhelming to start with, but then when I actually opened it up on the computer at home, like you start to appreciate things a little bit more, little bits of detail that you don't see out of that small JPEG or whatever, when you first view it. So, um, yeah, it, it's a, it's a funny thing at the start, but yeah, you've got to take your time. And that's what I said. Now, whenever I've done things with him, I, I always say, I'll get back to you in 24 hours because I know not to jump to any sort of conclusions and actually take the time to appreciate it. So, yeah, yeah I, I, I get that every now and then. Um, I did Scott Gamble's livery, his, um, veterans livery that he's running yep. in yeah, veterans. And when I first showed it to him, he said, it, well, we did play around with colors 
Um, yeah. But the initial design, he did say that it wasn't exactly something he was after in, at first, and then he kind of warmed up to it after a, a few hours. Yeah, you just, yeah, you just don't. Sometimes as well, um, I've certainly had feedback. Uh, I don't know if you've seen uh, our liveries at rights in racing. Um, we've had when you when you look at a still image, the liveries are very detailed but sometimes it can be lost on the broadcast and then you can have you can have the reverse effect where you could have um let's just say a simplified livery but it just absolutely stands out on the broadcast so do you have you does that ever flow into your when you sit down to make a design how it's going to appear on a on a race broadcast or do you just look at it how it's going to appear on a flat image is that overcomplicating it too much no, no, that's exactly what I do. Um, I use, I didn't used to, and then I started watching broadcasts and obviously some logos you couldn't see, uh, yeah. especially when you add different spec maps, when you start adding chromes and metallics and stuff like that, it doesn't show off well in the broadcast because there's a lot yeah. of reflection. Yeah. Uh, um, so I was working with Sean McNamara, obviously from nine five. He sent me a livery from another team and he sort of said, why does this stand out? And I said, pretty, probably because the whole car is pretty much matte. Yeah. Um, and he goes, okay. So then we, cause we were playing around with different metallics and stuff with, um, the nine five livery about two seasons ago. Yeah. So then we just started going down more of the matte and just base gloss colors and they definitely stand out more on on uh, the broadcast now than they used to. Yeah, because I've remembered watching some of the races back that our guys have been involved in. We have a, the rear of the car is matte, like a, not a dense, not, not like a really high percentage matte, but it is matte black and it's got a silvery um, text in it. So just yeah. like a little text pattern. And you only see it when, when the sunlight hits it in the, in a broad, yeah, in a broadcast sense and sometimes even if you were doing an overcast race you wouldn't notice it until you got to a specific part of the track or if there was headlights on the car where you actually get the the shimmer come off it and you, you can hear commentators pick up on it like oh is there something in that black but yeah so you could see how that that was a really complex thing to put into the paint but it doesn't necessarily always translate to a really easily identifiable feature that comes across in the broadcast and you just when you mentioned Scotty's livery, um, just going back and doing race results, that white is like it's like it has some sort of like lumens on it. Like when it's coming, it seems so bright on the broadcast. You really yeah. notice his car, but it's it, yeah. I do. I do. Sometimes I do patterns in the background that show up in different lights. Yeah. Um, um, Nova Sim Sports. They've got yeah. a bit of a pattern through their through the. Oh, they used to be green. Now they've got a pink, the, the livery decals are pink yeah. and they've got like a Nova SimSport logo reflection going through them. Yeah. It's interesting. Yeah. Cause it's, yeah, I never, I wouldn't, I was wonder. I was curious to know whether, yeah, the broadcast side of things was something that the designer would, would look at as well when they're doing their designs, because it's obviously, yeah certainly not at my level, but maybe higher up levels, they've got a big emphasis on being at, you know, whether it's sponsors or whatever and needing to 
place that logo in a certain spot on the car so that it it is almost the first thing you notice. And I think Sean spoke about how his cars get referred to as racecraft cars sometimes because of just okay. way the way that logo is positioned on the car. Yep. So um, yeah. another thing is that. So obviously supercars, real supercars have all small logos along, usually along the sill. Yeah. Um, I don't like to do that because same reason for broadcast, you can't see the small logos. So I like to spread bigger logos across the car. I don't like to put a lot of different small logos on the car. Yeah. Yeah. And quite often I think as you're dealing with two or three perhaps logos, not not, yep. Generally, not twenty. <laughs> yeah, that's it. Yeah, so that helps in that regard. <laughs> anyway, so, um, so when when you're sort of at your busiest, how, how many how many projects do you think you're working on? Let's say a week. Um, busiest probably five or six. I'd say. Yeah. Okay. And that could be new liveries or um, transferring. Previous done liveries onto another car, stuff like that. Yeah. Okay. So, yeah, because it's uh, you same before you get you get three to four hours, or yeah, that's say five or six hours to to potentially knock one out. So if you if you were bookended, you could potentially get through two a day, or perhaps. Would yeah. That be yeah. A, yeah. Yeah. So two. Yeah. Complete liveries. I could probably do in a day. Maybe one and a half. Obviously. Yeah. School finishes at three o'clock, so I've got to go down and pick up my son. <laughs> and then yeah. I, it's just a struggle to get any work done after that. <laughs> yeah. But how um, is he? He's just turned five. Okay. So you, so you want on my engine bell. Yeah, that's right. Yeah. You just, that's it. You just, uh, yeah, you need to, until they go to bed at 7.38 or whatever it is, it's, yeah, you're on dad mode. That's, that's fair enough. So, we touched on it earlier, though. You've now also gone uh, and started a new venture with Turning Race Apparel. So when did when did that kick off? And what do you sort of uh, well, you got your obviously got your paints with RSW Graphics and, and logo design, but now with Turning Race Apparel, what are you guys up to there with that? So Turning was supposed to be initially just a clothing brand because I <laughs> thought there's no actually there's not an actual clothing brand identify with sim racing mm -hmm. so i thought in my grand idea that i'll make a clothing brand for sim racing and then everyone will love it and everyone will buy it and then reality hit when i launched it and i got about two orders yeah so i started doing the custom apparel stuff as well with um before that um through rsw graphics and then i thought i'd move the all the apparel, everything apparel to do with RSW graphics over to turn in and it will be more of a, I'll sell the clothing brand and I'll do custom apparel as well under turn in. So that's where it kind of eventuated up until recently. Okay. And so, okay. So is this the point? Is this, is there something changing with this now or is it um, still going out as turn in race apparel? So... Obviously, to, with two businesses, I have to run two social pages. Yeah. It just, it becomes too hard just to kind of control, to run two social pages, two Instagram pages, two Facebook pages. I had two TikTok pages as well, which I never really wanted to do, but 
I thought it might be extra advertising, which I, I've taken them down now. Um, so everything now will be going back under RSW Graphics or my apparel, everything, and then turn in will go back as a like a, just a, a, a standalone clothing brand. Okay. And but will be advertised under RSW Graphics web. It will be sold under RSW Graphics website and be advertised under the RSW Graphics socials. Okay. Just to simplify people, things a little bit easier. Yeah. So people will be able to sort of get get it all from the one one place. Yeah. Moving forward. And it's changed to turn in racing now. The brand's turn in racing now. Yeah. Just to kind of how, how have things been going with the with the clothing brand sort of with the um the real world side of it? Like is there things like teams coming in or races coming in that you're getting a bit of work from? Yep, I get um, both real life and sim racing teams come in. It's very hit and miss. I'll get like a whole bunch of orders, which is good because um, everything, I, I like all my stuff is ordered third party and then I print at home. Okay, so you're printing you're printing it yourself. You're not, you're not getting someone to do that? No. So, okay. yeah. Um, and then, so yeah, I would try and do a bulk order because obviously they charge shipping so if you're just yeah. doing one bit a bit here and a bit there it's um not really affordable with shipping so especially to the uh south coast of wa yes <laughs> yeah coming out of wa is an interesting challenge in its in its own right isn't that with the with the uh, but you can say that there is quite a good sort of nucleus of sim races over there in wa where i'm sure you're getting a lot of repeat clients from you're not yeah, there is. Yeah, distribute to the east coast all the time. Yeah, there's a lot. Well, yeah, when I was in, I was obviously in Perth up until four weeks ago, and I've just moved down to um, the south coast of WA in a town called Albany. Yeah. Um, so yeah, it was easy. People would come around and grab their stuff. Um, I work with a few friends of mine that race real cars at Waterloo Raceway. Yeah. Um, and then they put me put my details to other guys that race. So I got a little bit of work through there. Um, I've worked with probably most of the top teams to do apparel for in Australian sim racing. Yeah. And the only probably top teams I can think of that I haven't done stuff for is um, TTR and Altus. Yep. Okay. Oh, and Evolution. Yeah. Evolution. But I've done, I've done a little bit with... Um, Brenton O'Brien for the Logitech East uh, Logitech E series Pro series. Yep. So I did some um, some shirts for the broadcasters for that series. Oh, nice. Yeah, it's good. It's nice when you hear about uh, Sean was saying, like when you keep it in the community, like you're, you're hearing about people sort of networking and and um, and using each other. Which is you know, like I, I mentioned before, I've gone out to, I've gone overseas to get my liveries done in the past, so I've not been a great exponent of that as a healthware. I've not not looked towards. Um, well, to be fair, at the time I actually wasn't even really aware of RSW Graphics, and I knew there was a couple of us of Australian painters, but they were sort of in and out whether they were doing it regularly or not. So it really didn't yeah. depend on whether you caught them, say, in between studies or in between jobs or whatever, but that actually do something for you. Um, so, but yeah, it is nice to hear that all these guys, which, you know, Brendan O'Brien and Logitech and, and, um, yeah, certainly Sean at 95 and everyone, they're, they're sort of, uh, 
guys that are investing a lot of time in the sim racing. So um, they're using you, which is good to hear. Um, okay, well, with, so you, I don't know how much you can t talk about this, but like you've recently just gone over to sim rap market, which I might allow you the opportunity to explain what that is and, um, and what, how that sort of come about and how that's sort of working for you as well. Um, yeah, so I was toying with the idea of doing that type of thing myself for mm -hmm. the Australian sim racing market and releasing, um, some like templates, pre-made templates. Um, but obviously I only have so much time of the day. So, um, I contacted, um, Cameron, uh, the guy that owns Simrat Market and, um, asked him if he's interested in me selling his liveries on there. Oh, my liveries on there. Sorry. And so what, so if you could, what, talk about what SimRap Market actually is and how it differs from what you do as a custom designer. So yeah, SimRap Market is a place where people can buy pre-made iRacing, like custom pre-made iRacing templates, um, just base templates, and then they can manipulate shapes, change colors, and add their own logos. So it just takes the, so obviously for me, sometimes I get a bit of a, mental block creators block yep and then it's for if it's for people that have a creators block or people that don't want to create their base designs and want like an out a, a nicer looking livery than the standard ones that come with our racing yeah their own logos and stuff like that yeah because they are they can be quite basic those ones that from my racing and obviously limited in terms of what you can add to them but yep um i've always looked at it was an interesting idea when I first seen it, but it is like, I guess it would suit someone like, I guess some people that were like decided that, okay, we're going to start our own team. You've got nothing, no sponsors. You've got the ability to go out and for a fraction of the cost, buy up a couple of liveries that, that are getting go on the car and you can just add whatever logos or team, team branding to it. It's like a good starting point, isn't it? Where you're going to get half decent liveries at low cost. Um, before you might look at down the track when you, when you're established looking at moving and, and paying a more premium to get a more custom design for your car. Yeah, that's right. So, um, Carl Ridley from, uh, Carl Ridley, Carl, what is his last name now? Carl from Worm Paints. Yeah. Carl Stevens. That's it. Yeah. Uh, I talked to him quite a bit. I've talked to him quite a bit over the years. He's a person. No, he's from South Australia. South Australia. No, but he's doing, been doing it for a long time. He's been doing real cars, sim racing cars, art, different artwork for probably nearly 20 years. Yep. So he's been a really good source to find out, to get information. Like sometimes I've had customers that have sent me messages and I kind of ask him what he would do in certain situations. So he's been a really good help. So, and then obviously he's been part of the sim rap market for... I think a year and a half now. So yep. he was a great help in getting me on board with those guys as well. Yeah. Cause I had noted that he was in it and then you going across and joined it, I would have thought you would have spoken to each other. So at least it, it, he obviously thinks it's a, a worthy thing to be a part of. Yep. Yeah. Yeah, for sure. No, it's, it's good. It's just good. Oh, it's not like it doesn't make your 
a crazy amount of income, but I mean, it it's a good little bit of extra money coming in. Yeah, on the side. Yeah, and just that low that lower um, price point. You know, whether it's I think it's maybe fifteen or twenty bucks Australian for delivery or something like that, and it, you know, that's to to people that's you could you, you're happy to pump that and. If you get something you like, happy days. If you get something that you use for three months, it's it's easy to write off. It's a it's an interesting topic actually, like how much somebody might be willing to pay for for a livery. And certainly you don't need to disclose figures. <laughs> like um for me myself, I I'm the type of person I guess I'm a bit old I'm a bit older. Like I, I if I'm gonna pay somebody to do something, I can easily justify additional cost if I know I'm getting the. I would view a bad livery at fifty dollars as an expensive mistake, as opposed to a hundred and fifty dollar livery that I know is going to be good. Yep. Does that make sense? Like, yeah, but like, yeah. yeah, like in my mind, I can justify that, but in a lot of people's minds, that's a way too much money to spend on a virtual. Car livery. Do, do you find that cost comes up in negotiations between yourself and clients a lot, or, or generally people happy where you're at? And, and you don't need to mention if you don't want to prices, but like, um, yeah, it's just an interesting thought that I've had where you where you try and position yourself cost wise. Uh, some people aren't. Some people are. It just depends on the person. Like I. Sometimes, even now, like obviously I've raised my prices gradually over the years. As you go um, up. And... As I went up and my reputation grows up, uh, goes up. Um, so even now I kind of cringe at typing how much I charge and I'm just like, is this person going to tell me to go away or not actually even reply or say, yep, yep, that's pretty good. But majority of the people I probably, I reckon 75% of the people that I tell them what I charge, they're happy with. Yeah, um, it's because you, you look at it, you can't look at it as the pro, it's the person's time that's going into it, isn't it? Like, which yeah, that's what people don't understand. So, if you looked at it where you mentioned before, you might pay, you might take four hours to do a livery, and you know, that's the figure that I've paid. So, we've already established that's with, with someone else. At a hundred and fifty Australian dollars, it's it's still less than fifty dollars an hour. Yeah. So, yeah, when you look at it in those terms, um, you know, it, it, commission work you got to look at. You got to feel like you're getting someone that if you if you knew what a graphic designer charged per hour, ten you, you you would you still pennies on the dollar, aren't you? At the prices that they're coming out at, and I had a I had an interesting conversation with my wife uh back when we first did it uh and we had i think we basically commissioned about five or six gt3 cars and delivery bill was like six hundred dollars seven hundred like it was just phenomenal but i just i couldn't in my mind i couldn't go down the route of again spending three hundred dollars on something i wasn't happy with so i had to go and <laughs> not to was doing it and we were in a bit of a back and forth and i said Okay, so I'm I'm gonna get these liveries, which you know we've used for a couple of years now. And I said to her, and I don't, I wouldn't recommend this to anybody because it didn't go down real well at the time. <laughs> this, 
we spent three thousand dollars on wedding invitations that were used for, for a month. <laughs> but you know, but it's it was the whole point. We commissioned a graphic designer to do that work. And, you know, they ended up, it ended up being $3,000 that, you know, weddings, obviously it's a wedding report, blah, 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 but you threw it away. But, and I was just trying to establish the point that I'm spending this amount of money, which is nowhere near that. And it's going to be something that you use for, well, it's been years now and still going. So it's just yeah. an interesting way to look at things. You pay 50% extra because it's got the word wedding in it. Yeah. <laughs> so yeah, it didn't go down well, but it might help people understand how, at least I quantify what value is, but um, yeah, that's that's interesting. The, the, that's the thing is that people are happy to spend ten, fifteen thousand dollars on a rig, but don't want to pay fifty dollars for a livery. That you want to, yeah, yeah, that's right. And it's all how you turn, you 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 look at it, I suppose. So, well, that's mate, that's that's all well and good. That's all interesting. And and look, I. I I don't have a whole lot more for you, and we've been going now for forever, just over forty-five. But uh, is there anything else on the horizon coming up that you, you're wanting people to look out for? Um, well, just going back to what we were just previously talking about, it's also yeah. customer service, which is a big yeah. thing that I'm always um, conscious of, um, and that's obviously what people pay for as well as your customer service. So that's what I really um, rate my reputation on. Yeah. And you're, you're often, um, I think you're working alongside prestige cinematography as well. So you, you people get their designs and then they go out via your socials and everything like that. So, you know, if they've got a Facebook page for their own team, they stand to sort of grow off that as well, don't they? That's it. Yeah. Yeah. Well, okay. Well, just before we wrap up, what, what we know, Sean at nine five, what other teams have you been working with now for a couple of years? I know uh, you. So yeah, Phoenix. Um, so I did a little bit of stuff for JP um, back in the day. Yeah. Um, and then obviously when JP's team split, Phoenix formed, and After Dark formed. So yep. yeah, I both got I got stuff for them from After Dark for a little bit um, until they decided to do their own stuff. And then obviously I've stayed with Phoenix. Yep. Um, I was working with Chris from Virtual Motorsport Mentor for a little bit, but yep. he's um, finished up sim racing now. So they've formed a team called Valve Motorsport or Valve Sim Sport now. Yep. So I'm doing some stuff with those guys. Um, Ryan Preston, he has a YouTube and streaming page called Wake and Bake Racing. I do a lot of stuff with, with him. Yep. Mm. And you mentioned Scott Campbell. Yeah, Scotty Campbell, I did some stuff. I've done some stuff with um, WKMP. Yep. Uh, yeah. And obviously Racecraft, like John's. I've, I've done a lot of stuff with Racecraft. John's been awesome. He was, like, going back to where I started, he was probably one of the guys that really helped me get started. Yeah, um, and now he definitely is another what, WA person, isn't he? So yeah. did you ever go, get a chance to go up to Racecraft and, and go in person, or do you, have you always just sort of communicated online with him? No, I always go in there and yeah. I was actually in there on Saturday just talking a bit of crap. Oh, really? Yeah. <laughs> so, okay, yeah. so that, yeah, it's and good. Then, and then one of the guys that works there, Anthony Jewell, he races XL. So I've done some uh, liveries for his XL car and stuff like that. So, and some shirts, so, some team shirts for him. Yeah. So you, you just bring up another good point. So you, you've started now with a few 
designs for real world cars as well. Yeah, it hasn't gone to where I'd like it to go. I've had some pretty big opportunities come up that have kind of died, yeah. unfortunately, um, for reasons I actually do not know. Um, so, yeah, I'm still kind of trying to push that avenue. Obviously, you can charge a lot more to do a real design for a yeah. car than a sim racing car. But then on the opposite side is that you do one livery and that's it. And with sim racing, you do one livery and then you can keep adding that to other cars. So yeah. Yeah. iRacing keeps updating cars and you get, yeah, yeah, you're almost, yeah, getting repeat liveries on what is essentially the same car, just a new model. Uh, That's right. It's a, I can imagine it would be, it would be, especially if you're looking around that XL level, like, Teams would come and go just depending on what money was available, wouldn't it? Like, it, it, it's so um, volatile. I, I, not that I've been involved in too much real-world stuff myself, but you hear the stories about the cost of motorsport. It, it wouldn't be surprising that teams are often chopping and changing or going in and out of business. Yeah, like I've been involved in, because uh, I used to ride motorbikes back in the day, road bikes. So yep. I was involved in the Australian, the WA Superbike Championship for a while doing uh, officialing. Yeah. And then I was also a judge for the WA Drift uh, Drift Championship for a while. And I have in both series and motorsport, I've seen so many people come and go because obviously yeah. there's so much money in people can only do it for so long. Yeah, that's right. That's right. But, um, mate, it's been like, thanks once again for giving up your time on a, on a Monday and, and having a, a quick chat to us, but yeah, it's just good to, to speak to the person behind the name, where, where, like I said, has been coming up so much. So hopefully, um, hopefully, uh, RSW and, uh, well, we now know that turning will be going under RSW again, but hopefully that continues to be successful. And I certainly think that you've made a really good name for yourself, especially amongst the Australian supercar community is probably up there with, you know, one of, if not the best designers in Australia. So yeah, I hope that continues up and you never know, maybe, maybe sometime in the not too distant future, we can actually get together and, and work on something ourselves. So there's a paint project. So, um, yeah, mate, I just, once again, thanks for coming on and, and, uh, yeah, yeah, by all means. If you need to thank anyone, give them a shout out. Uh, obviously, I'd like to thank my wife because she allows me to do this yep. all time. Um, obviously, short at nine five, he's been such a big help. He's always happy to promote me, and he's given me a few different avenues of uh, like teaming up with different people to do a few things. Uh, Racecraft, John's always come to me with different graphic design ideas for shirts and. Sim mats and liveries and yep. stuff like that. So he's been awesome. Uh, yeah, Brad from Prestige. He like my liveries would not look as good as they do if it wasn't for his photos. He does such an awesome job. Um, like I've I've had comments of people actually thinking that's a, a real yep. car, not a sim car, from some of his photos. Uh, and then Justin McLean, he's always really happy to, uh, run my liveries when he's doing Scott races and stuff like that. So he's always been a really good help as well. So, um, we've got a little bit of a, uh, 
um, Blackhawk RSW team that is trying to compete in Scops this season. So okay. Hopefully we can get up there in, in some of the, um, I know, in some of the lower splits, I think, with uh, help from Laz's um, Phoenix yeah. driver. Nice. So get, get more more networking sort of going on and people helping each other out. What about yourself? Are you do are you going to be doing any racing? Uh, I haven't had a sim for two years now because my house that I've lived in that yeah. hasn't allowed it. But um, once I've got myself settled down in Albany, I'll uh, start to hit up John for a new sim. Yeah, nice one. All right. Well, I'm keen to get they, back into it because it's been a while. Yeah, yeah, it would be, but I can imagine that, you know, working and creating and spending a lot of time on, on liveries can, can there's, a, there's a sacrifice as well, isn't there? Which yeah. probably your own personal, um, I don't know if enjoyment's the right word, but your own, your own time and involvement on the sim itself. Yeah, that's right. Sometimes when you sit in front of the computer the whole day, all you want to do is sit on the couch and watch some TV at night. <laughs> yeah. <laughs> all right, mate. Once again, it's been a pleasure, Ross. Thanks so much for taking your time and joining us. And uh, yeah, bye for now. Thanks, Dean.